the Steelers' defense still be elite while missing Bud Dupree and Devin Bush? And never mind if they're additionally without Vince Williams and Joe Hayden this coming weekend. Good morning to you. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio podcasting network. It's Steelers versus Bills. The kickoff time is 8.20 p.m. It's a national broadcast on NBC uh, in Pittsburgh. That'll be shown on our partners at WPXI. We'll also be part of the preview that WPXI puts together for this game if you happen to tune in a little early. The Steelers have their issues on offense. But even last year, when they had absolutely no offense, the defense was always good enough to hold up its own and carry the team, at least to the point where they could compete to win the game. And this year, of course, that ended up being just a superlative string of 11 wins to open the season. What I worry about is whether or not this defense, because of the failures, the continuing failures, and really the sinking feeling that you get with this offense, if this defense needs to remain elite or if it can just be very good. Obviously, Bud Dupree and Devin Bush are lost for the season. It's going to be a tall task replacing those guys. Not replacing them in terms of, hey, here's an adequate performance or here's a performance that's above the line, to use one of Mike Tomlin's terms. It's about elite performance because that's what you were getting from Bud Dupree. That's what you could have gotten from Devin Bush, given his considerable pedigree and the fact that this was his second year and everyone was expecting that he would take another step forward off of a very good rookie season. So that's that's scary enough. But when a couple other guys start going down, Vince Williams was placed on the COVID list yesterday. That doesn't mandate that he's out Sunday, depending on what the reasons are for him being put on that list, and that is never revealed. And Joe Hayden still has... Uh, the concussion protocol to go through as a result of that banging of the head he had at the line of scrimmage Monday against Washington. I think there's a chance Joe could be ready. I think there's a chance Vinny could, but we don't know. And without those guys, you're going to see the Steelers' defense tested in a way that I'm positive it hasn't been tested this year, on top of the fact that Buffalo's offense isn't great, but they put up points. Uh, Josh Allen makes things happen. He's not necessarily the greatest uh, throwing the ball downfield kind of quarterback. He makes plays happen with his feet. He's not afraid to run right up the gut, right in your face. Kind of an interesting, very different quarterback to be facing. The Steelers are going to have challenges containing him. They're going to have challenges holding the running game back of Buffalo 
without Vince Williams there, without Robert Spillane, who was going to remain, I believe, the starter ahead of Avery Williamson based primarily on the fact that he could stop the run, Spillane's not there either. See, I didn't even mention him because he was taking Bush's place. So your inside linebackers almost certainly are going to end up being Williamson and Marcus Allen. And, you know, uh, it's, it's asking a lot. It's asking a lot of the guys that are out there to take their places. You can do all the standard is the standard next man up stuff that you want, but it's asking a lot. Uh, and they know that, too. Here, here's what Alex Highsmith, who's obviously taking Bud's spot at the right edge, had to say yesterday. I think it's, you know, just everyone being prepared. You know, I think that's what that's what makes it such a great team and such a great defense. Um, you know, it's just because, you know, everyone, you know, works so hard and we're all just so dedicated to um, you know, the ultimate goal of winning Super Bowl. And so um just it's just about being prepared. You know, I feel like, you know, that's what um you know, the next man up mentality is um something that's always been here. And so um just, you know, guys being prepared is a reason, you know, that, that guys have been able to been able to come and coming in and filling in. And so, you know, I just know that I'm feeling it right now. I just want to be my best self and just be as productive as I can be to you know, help this team win. Now, that's a good attitude. It's also good awareness of the situation that's around this talented young man. I'll keep saying this, but Alex Highsmith was going to be this team's starter at that position in 2021 regardless because Bud Dupree can't be re-signed. Not by this team and its current salary cap conditions. So Highsmith is basically just being put on fast forward. That might be something that benefits the Steelers longer term into the future. But for right now, if you're that kid or you're Marcus Allen or you're Justin Lane out there, uh, if Joe Hayden can't go, you're feeling it. You're feeling it. You're gazing around that locker room and seeing a quarterback who's headed to the Hall of Fame but is now 38 years old, won't have that many more cracks. You're looking at a a center who some people consider to be somebody who will get consideration for Canton. Who knows how many more years Marquise Pouncey has left. You're looking at players who are headed in all likelihood to free agency, not just Bud. There's a bunch of them. This is the team they have in front of them. This is the opportunity that they have. And, man, it's going to be tough. It's it's going to be tough. All I'll say as far as attempting to see significantly into the future, not just Sunday against Buffalo, is that I'm I'm skeptical. I am. I I believe that this defense is founded on TJ and Bud collapsing from either side. Now, the fact that teams can't avoid them by going up the middle because of how strong Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuitt, and Alualu are, that's that's wonderful. That's great. Uh, But if you don't have... Uh, TJ and or Bud out there doing their thing. They're the wild cards. They're the players that you can't scheme to stop. 
they're the variables that offensive coordinators hate. They can't be replaced, either one. It's at least somewhat promising that TJ was able to still have an impact in the Washington game, in large part because Ron Rivera decided he wasn't going to do anything gimmicky to try to stop TJ. But the burden is on Highsmith to make sure that remains the case. Fact of the matter is, if you double team or triple team or whatever it is that you want to do to TJ, you can stop him. You can take him out of the game. And now how many elite players will the Steelers be missing and have to compensate for? I don't mean to be a bummer here. This is just the kind of stuff that's on my mind after a couple of rotten weeks for the team. It's not a forecast for what's going to happen in Buffalo or anything like that. I have been thinking of this team from day one with relation to how it can compete for the Super Bowl. Not anything less, certainly not after they started 9-0, and 10-0, 11-0. That's when you know you're in the playoffs. You know you're going to win the division and all that other stuff. You have to think a lot bigger than that. And this team not having an elite defense is going to require this offense to do something that it has not shown us yet. I'd be thinking about that, and I will be thinking about that a lot more than I will anything related to who wins and who loses this weekend. When we come back, don't miss this. I've got Ramon Foster. so much better after I hear your voice. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a, a difficult one at you uh, here on the show today, and that is this. Vance McDonald or Eric Ebron? Just give me one. Give me one. In, in, just for full context, everybody, you were teammates with Vance for a while. You lined up close to him, and you weren't with Ebron. So there's, I'm trying to make sure that everybody oh. understands – that if you're, I know, I have to lay this stuff out. Ooh. That if, if your boys with 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 Vance, that might influence your pick. But l- let me hear yours and what your case would be in either direction. Um, Vance, why is that? Um, I know for sure it's blocking. Well, I know Ebron's had a blocking issue a little bit. Um, oh, a lot of it, a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, for for those things, and I'll say this too: is honestly very respectable, Vance. I know he's been on the COVID list a little bit to where he's missed a couple weeks, but mm-hmm. he's not grown. He's not complaining. He's not grown about anything moving forward. Ebron being the guy right now, it could no. easily be Vance if Ben chose to or Vance was like, you know what? He's okay with taking the back seat. That's that's a that's a very humble and respectful thing to do. But seeing Vance at any moment of time can just explode. Uh, Vance breakaway speed might honestly be better than Ebron's in that sense. I think right now people are going to say Ebron simply because it's production. Ben's feeding on the ball right now. He's shown that he's very much more sure-handed than people have kind of pegged him for. Ebron, 
but I still think I go advanced a little bit, man. I've seen this dude, of course, up close and in person. He's a freak of, the, of an athlete. You yeah, see that, him that's, as, that's why yeah. I wanted to ask you mostly because you and I have talked about Vance before, and I think that people have this impression of Vance McDonald since he's such a good blocking tight end and since he mm-hmm. deferred as he did. And like you said, was a total team player about it to Ebron <clears> that, <throat> that's, that he's some – some kind of stiff or something like no. that who can just block. <laughs> oh. And that is not who this player is. No, no. Uh, he can I, catch the ball. He can make plays. No, I've, I've heard people refer to Vance, man. It's going to sound crazy, but it's just like talk. It was like, man, man, it's like a black dude. You know, in the sense of like, he's cut up like freaking Shannon Sharp. Like, it's, it's just crazy watching. He has like a crazy physique about himself to where it's I know like, what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Like Vance, like he's constantly eating because he's constantly like burning energy, man. And those are the type of dudes that, that he's a spark plug. So I would choose the spark plug. I feel like a little bit over Ebron, but mentally and, and just humbly as a player, you got to give it up to Vance. That was his spot. And for some reason he said, you know what? Do your thing. I mean, very commendable by him, man. I, I I like um I like Ebron and what he's done this year. He could possibly yeah, be overall, back in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Overall, I mean, people are getting on him for all the drops the last couple of weeks, but overall, he's been he's yeah. been a very productive tight yes. end. I know we all tend to remember the last good thing or the last bad thing we exactly. saw. That's human nature. Okay, so I'm not asking this in light of bench that guy or whatever no. for some punitive thing here. But what I want to ask you, this is a more general question here. How much value does a blocking tight end have to an offensive line? Because I think there are a lot of people who mm-hmm. think of the blocking tight end as just chip and go. Right. No. It, I, so another one of those guys is dynamic like that is a spark plug is George Kittle. Like he's actually a blocking tight end. He's not like the big uh, D lineman in, in, uh, in Baltimore who's a D lineman that's blocking that happens. With. No, 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 no. Yeah. He, he's actually – a blocking tight end. He just is a dynamic uh, catcher. Also, Kelsey's the same way. Kelsey blocks his butt off. Also, it might not be perfect, but he gets the job done. Um, just across the board, man. He's not like a uh, who's the kid that was in Green Bay from Miami to tight end. Escaping my mind right now. Um, that went to the University of Miami, played basketball. Got me here on this. Got one. you. Okay. All right. Never mind. But he's Vance is a blocking tight end. He's a guy that can also catch the ball, and he can. He's a guy that's a fault of his is he gets the extra yard every single time. So I, I like the blocking tight end man that can also catch your George Kittles, your Vance McDonalds, uh, your Travis Kelseys is is one of those guys, man. The Darren Waller kid, I hadn't seen a whole lot of him, but you had to ask me. He's more of a receiving tight end. I guess the part of this that worries me is that we've seen. Over the years now, when Ben finds targets that he likes, you don't have to guess. You don't have to ask him. All you have to do is look at the sheet afterward. And he does throw to Ebron 10, 11 times a game. And I'm trying to picture the conversation that the the head coach and the coordinator have when they say, hey, we're putting Vance out there. Well, on one hand, Vance and and Ben are, are, are tight. Yeah, uh, legitimately. So. I'm talking about off the field. The stalls right next to each other on the south mm-hmm. side, and and they intense mutual respect and everything. So maybe mm-hmm. the conversation wouldn't be that hard, and maybe Ben would be put off by some of the drops himself. But at the same time, he does latch on. He you know, does. He, he finds those targets. And you know what? For the most part, he hasn't been wrong in going to Ebron. Absolutely not. Ebron has made some catches that have been highly contested. He's made some run after catches that have had guys on him. He's and he scored touchdowns. 
He scored he touchdowns, touchdowns, which is what he was brought here to do. Mm-hmm. That's what and he was brought to Pittsburgh to do. It is. I think people expect him to block. I know Coach James, uh, James Daniels is a guy that's going to make sure that he does his job and hit that blocking pad every single day. Um, it's not as special as, as much as, as Vance is, but like you said, Ben has found it in him to go to Ebron a whole lot more often. But if you're asking me, I, it's not a knock on Vance that he's going to Ebron. I just think it's more of a bigger guy to say, hey, you know what? Ebron, you might be a little bit more athletic than I am, and Ben trusts you just right now slightly more. And Vance the type of dude, man, that he'll defer to help somebody else get paid. So I'll just say that too. Read Ramon Foster's column on the line every week, only on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Thanks, Moan. No problem, DK. When we come back, just one question. At Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Welcome back. It's time for just one question, and that's brought to you always by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in keeping promises. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. You can learn more at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's question comes from overseas. Matt in North Yorkshire in the United Kingdom says, One question for your Steelers podcast. In the first six or seven games, our strength was that teams just didn't know who to line up against in double cover. When we had Bell and Brown, it was obvious where the ball was going, and the constant battle against the opponents kept them match fit. You can tell this came from overseas, huh? We all know you can't recreate game pressure in a training scenario, so do you think the wide variety of targets and the lack of sustained in-game routine catches has anything to do with the current high drop rate? It's a good question, Matt. It's that much better for your using match fit and training instead of practice. Love it. <laughs> but it's also a layered question. It's difficult. Um, according to Juju Smith-Schuster yesterday in his talk with us, he and the rest of the receivers are of the mind that they're trying to make the next play before they make the first one. And there's some visual evidence to support that. It's not extensive. And you could very easily use visual evidence to counter it. But... 
when you see Deontay Johnson facing Ben Roethlisberger and Ben throws a ball that is just, pew, you know, a bullet right there to him, perfect ball, and you see him juking to one side or the other or trying to get a feel for where the defender is as the ball is arriving, that's a player thinking about yards after the catch. And that's almost always a problem unless you are, to use the word I was throwing around a lot in the opening segment today, elite. I'm not sure the Steelers have elite in their receiving core. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. There are times when you think that they do. But I do know that the number one priority for them is to remember what the number one priority is of a receiver. It's to receive. It's to complete the catch. Now, we do cover practices at DK Pittsburgh Sports. We're not permitted by an agreement that we sign with the National Football League and the Steelers to report to you specifics of what happens in these practices. However, however, I'd say it would be a very safe assumption on your part to picture the receivers doing a lot of two-handed grabs and then not really bothering to take off after them unless the coast was completely clear, meaning they had really finished the catch. That's what you do. The same way that a player who fumbles walks around all week long through the facility uh, with the ball tucked under his arm or taped to his arm or they sleep with it. You've heard all these stories. They put it under the pillow at night so that the ball never, ever, ever, ever leaves their hand. This is what you have to do at a time like this. When it's this widespread, when there isn't a receiver in the group who has fewer than three drops, and yes, I'm actually including James Washington. He had them earlier in the season, but those still count. When you have it across the board like that and you know it's hurting your team, you know it's costing you first downs, touchdowns, 100 yards a game, what have you, that has to be done first. I like this approach. I'd like to think it'll make a difference. The only player out of the group for whom I have no confidence that he'll bounce back from this is Eric Ebron. That's one reason I want to see Vance McDonald out there because at least Vance can block. Vance can do other stuff too. He's a pretty good football player. But for the rest of these guys, for the receivers, too much talent there. I'm sorry. I know Deontay Johnson's had his drops, but you watch him. You know, your eyes aren't lying to you. You see the hands he has. You see the exceptional catches that he makes. If all he's got to do is bear down to simplify his game a little bit and make sure he's got two hands on it before he turns, that's a solvable thing. So I I do think, Matt, that they're going to fix this. Thanks so much for the question, and thanks to everybody who listened not only to this show uh, but to all the shows uh, that we had this week. Again, I'm heading up to Buffalo tomorrow, and the next podcast will come from Buffalo. We'll see if it'll follow a 12th victory for the local franchise.
your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.